We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our 4th of July is starting with a fizzle, unfortunately. We have big news out of Anaheim. That and a whole lot more on the 4th of July edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Greetings, Jeff Erickson and Fred Zinke with the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, uh, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and Home Run Index. Uh, thank you for your sponsorship. Thank you for listening, especially on Fourth of July. We really appreciate it. There, Happy Independence Day to those who uh, are U.S. listeners, and and Fred, Happy Tuesday. You, you know what? I'll take a belated Happy Canada Day from the weekend. Our there you go. That holiday work. was on Saturday. That's right. Unfortunately, uh, that didn't work out for your Blue Jays so well. Uh, Red Sox came in and spoiled uh, the whole weekend. Yeah, the Blue Jays lately have mastered the art of scoring one run fewer than the other team. That seems to be, they just seem to be on one of those runs. If if they pitch well, they hit poorly. If they hit well, they pitch poorly. And they, if it's all going well, the bullpen blows it. Like, it just seems like they're they're just on a run right now of, like I said, of, of scoring like one less run than the other team. Some of the advanced metrics say their offense should be better than it is, but it's not. I don't know where it all will go from here, but yeah, just a disappointing long weekend for Canadian baseball fans. Yep. Thanks to the Red Sox who have swept the Blue Jays now twice this year. Yeah, they have after being pummeled in the, their, you know, by their yeah. own, by the Blue Jays and the rest of their division. Uh, not the case right now though. Um, right. So they, they've actually been very good against the AL East. However, that's not our lead story. Our lead story is unfortunately coming out uh, from the angels uh, it, it's unfortunately a annual tradition. Mike Trout with a significant injury this time, a broken Hammett bone. I don't know if you saw the replay of him hurting himself last night. I actually saw it live, uh, Fred, where, you know, he had a swing. I think it was a foul ball and immediately started shaking his wrist. He was not, you know, he's in a lot of pain and it wasn't like he got hit. It wasn't like he, you know, there was contact there. When you see that happening, you know, it's, oh, this can't be good. Yeah, and, and it's not, and I, I am not a doctor, and I don't even try to play one on podcasts, but I did do some quick looking around on how long a hamate bone injury could keep him out, and uh, I don't know, my first look's maybe a couple months, yep. six weeks. Like, I don't think this is a three- or four-week injury. No, they say four to eight weeks is what I've seen. Okay. So, um, you know, it, it's right off the top, that's br- that's brutal. Um and yeah, it's not much you can do with it there. Um, 
and it's one of those injuries where it just has to heal. And sometimes a player will bounce back and will come back and be gangbusters right out of the gate when they come back. Other times, because it's maybe something that's been holding them back for a while, other times it can ruin their season. I'm thinking Joey Gallo with the uh, Rangers. Remember when he broke his hammock bone? It took him forever to come back, and he was terrible after he came back. He never was quite the same. Other uh, pe- other people, it's and, and the hammock bone is like a, a little bone in your wrist uh, mm-hmm. for those uh, hand-wrist area. It's, uh, uh, and it, it's, like, it's one you players can just have straight up removed. They don't even need it, but the problem is just dealing with it there, dealing with the aftermath. It's not like you should have preventive hammock bone removal surgery or anything like that or any other removal surgery. Just don't do it, guys, uh, unless it's it needed to be done. But, um, yeah, brutal, brutal injury. You know, you and I, I know you most mentioned that line. How much will it really hurt? It'll still hurt. You know, he's not he's not hitting the same sort of power as he's done before. Uh, but. Uh, he still had like an 856 OPS homeward yesterday, if I recall correctly. Uh, he's already on the IL, uh, and they pr- called up Joe Adele. But you look at him, he's 862 OPS, slugging 493, has a whopping two stolen bases this year after only one last year. But ah, just just really brutal right now. Brutal for the Angels, too, because they're kind of surging, had a chance to uh, win a wild card spot. This is pretty devastating. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. From a real baseball perspective, like I wouldn't say this takes the angels out of, of a postseason chance, but it could be, a, it'll be a huge reason if they don't make it, that they don't, it, it's such a tough Dale, the AL right now to get those wild card spots. It, like it's going to be tough. Like already you have the angel, let's say Texas wins the division, you have the angels and the Astros, and then you have the three, maybe Boston too, but at least three AL, AL East teams yeah. um, competing for the three wild card spots. So two of those teams, Orioles, Yankees, Blue Jays, Angels, Astros, two of them are not getting in the playoffs. So for the Angels to climb above three of those teams, like to be in the top three of those five, climb above two of them, uh, was already hard. And now, yeah, it's going to be that much harder. Uh, From a fantasy spin, uh, do you keep Trout or do you cut him? Do you hold Trout for six weeks in hopes of getting six weeks? All right, it's July 4th today. Yeah. You're looking best-case scenario beginning of August, right? That's um, absolute best. Like I said, I was kind of split the difference on your four to eight and say, okay. do I hold for six basically till the middle of August to get six, maybe from the middle of August on? I think so, you know, I, I think we often use the NFBC as a starting point because in other leagues mm-hmm. you've got IL spots. You've got an IL spot, you park them there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a league where you got – Six, you know, you, you, ah, man, brutal. Uh, you know, in a league where you've got uh six, you know, seven, seven reserve spots, or like my AL only home league where we have three reserve spots and no, no IL spots. That's where it's. I, I think I'd almost certainly cut them. I think. Uh, but in the seven-team NFBC main event, yeah, I think I'm ho- holding him, unless, like, say, I'm already got two or three other people say I had Clayton. I'm unlikely unlucky and also have Clayton Kershaw. I'm holding Kershaw and cutting trout, or maybe I'm holding both for another week or two and seeing how, what, what other chips fall. But there comes a point where you got to not stash. I think I'm not quite there yet with that. Uh, but yeah, eight week. if he doesn't come back, if you knew right now, you told me he's not coming back until September 4th. Uh, I, I might cut. 
Okay, so I so I agree, and I was gonna get. I could give the cop out answer. I thought I'd give the cop out answer of it depends how many other injured players I have. Mm-hmm. Obviously, how about this one? If O'Neill Cruz was on your waiver wire because he's been on some of mine, kind of off and on in the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, who would you stash, Mike Trout or O'Neill Cruz? They're both coming back in August. O'Neill Cruz might be sooner, and he'll run. It depend. Yeah. Maybe, so maybe again, now a bit of a cop out answer. It might depend on whether you want power or speed. Although. O'Neill Cruz can hit home runs. Like he, maybe not. He could also hit two ten. That's absolutely uh, for sure. So that's a that's an issue. Although Trout was only hitting two sixty three, so it's not like Trout. That's a bad year for Trout, though. It is. Well, this was my my follow up. My my eventual question here was going to be like, what is Mike Trout now? Like as far as fantasy goes, so he's turning thirty two next month. Um, Not old, but not young. Mm -hmm. Um, He's going to have a now another season where he spends a significant amount of time on the IL and whether you say it's his fault or just unlucky or whatever, it's still like, it seems like basically every season he's missing a good chunk of games going back now for several years, forgetting 2020 in the 60 game season. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, so if, if I don't know how you, you don't say that he's injury prone at this point in his career, he doesn't steal bases this year. He's not really hitting for average. Like how early of a draft pick is Mike Trout next year? He, we seem to keep putting him in the second round, but I don't see a justification to do that anymore. Yeah, he was at the two three turn, if I recall correctly, uh, in the uh, main this past. Once year. all the pitchers got pushed up, so I, I agree with you. I think he was kind of like early to mid second in February and early March drafts, and then yeah. once all the pitchers got pushed up, obviously he and all the other hitters fall. Uh, I was wrong. His ADP in the main was 22. His range was yeah, 10 so, to 29. So he didn't get dropped into the third even so once. That's mid-second, even with a lot of pitchers getting pushed up in the main. Yeah. Um, like, is he even, is he even, four, is he 42 next year for an ADP in the main? Like, yeah. round, round, is he getting to round three? I don't know if, he, I don't think he should. Uh, yeah, I, I think, he, I think he does because of, you know, I mean, he's Mike Trout. I think he's Mike that, Trout? I think that aspect of it still keep uh, buffers that up just a little bit, but I'll tell you anybody that got burned by this injury. I mean, it's not like he, he did anything wrong or you did anything wrong, but and, you know, at the same time, anyone that had to deal with that this year is probably steering elsewhere next year, especially because they know yeah. they're not getting those stolen bases and neat knowing how many stolen bases we need. I think that's the other big thing. Um, yes. We need yeah. so many more stolen bases. So you get a guy that doesn't run. Uh, it, it's really tough. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, I think it's, that's, that's the hidden factor about that there, uh, just to pull up, like, say, you know, I'm going to pull up the overall main, uh, main event standings, um, just to get like 80th percentile. So there's 795 teams, right? Um, so you need to, you know, so you need to be like 636, uh, you, you know, there, there's. You need to be in the top uh, 160, basically, in stolen bases to do that there. So I'm going to break down the categories, keep talking this out here a little bit. But, um, you know, basically, you know, category stats, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. You know, first of all, first place in the uh, main and steals is 188. That was like the finish last year. Yeah. Um yeah. That, that that's crazy. You basically need at this point in the season, you need around 100 stolen bases to be in the 80th percentile. That's crazy. That's right. And you're still not and to get those 100 steals, like you're still not getting many from your catcher and you're not 
you know, when you're getting many from your first baseman, depending on who you have. But so you need to get those steals from your outfielders and your and your middle infielders. Like I said, maybe you can get them from a corner outfielder. And I know there are there are the Real Mutos and the Varshows, but for the most part. So anyway, so Trout, yeah, he would leave you lacking in that area. It's just I feel like every year I haven't had Trout on a team and I don't even remember the last time I had Trout on a team. Back in the day, I used to have him ranked first or second or third. So whether I had him on my team was just whether I got the top pick or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last few years, I keep projecting him out to like 120 games. And then he comes out as, I don't know, like a like a fourth or fifth round pick. And then I never get him. Uh, I don't see any reason why I'll do anything different this year. Like He's going to finish with probably 120 games. If, if this doesn't go well, he could finish with 100. Yep. So... Uh, he and Kershaw have some similarities to me in that, like, when you drafted either one of them, Kershaw a little more so, but you drafted either, and they both went on the IL in the last few days. Like, when you drafted either one of them, you knew they would be good on a per-game basis. It was just a matter of how many games you were going to get from them. Right. And honestly, the timing of the injury is important, too. Yeah. I mean, we're going to go, well, I mean, if, if like, if you, in labor, for instance, if you drafted Mike Trout in LABR, you, you've got a whole week of a dead spot. Well, one, minus a day, plus... But plus, they were only playing five games this week, anyhow. Um, that makes yep. it even harder. So, because they have the th- the three games against the Padres, a, a day off, two games against the Dodgers, and then a day off on Sunday. So, very weird schedule there too. Um, but yeah, it's just taking that dead spot there. It, that's just it's really yeah. rough dealing with that. If, uh, if the, I want, if I was going to say, if I want to spin it positively for Trout owners who are feeling glum right now, you know what? Like you said, this week. They only had five games. There's the first week of the injury soaked up. It was only a five game week next week, all-star break and just a weekend. You can work without trout for a weekend that already soaks up two of the weeks. So if Mm -hmm. I want to spend it positive, that soaks up two of the weeks. You've got him for the Coors field series recently, about a week and a half ago where he hit two home runs. Right. So, you know, you've had, you've gotten some recent production out of him. The first two weeks of whatever window it is will fly by and it won't hurt your production much. And then just go from there. Yeah. Angels called up Joe Adele. Are you interested? Um, I'd pick him up. I'd say that's where I'm interested. I would pick him up. I would not race to the waiver wire to get him. That's a shot for those listening at Jeff, because when we signed on here before we started recording a podcast, (laughs) we had to wait a minute because he was racing to the waiver wire in our Yahoo friends and family league to get him. Um, Well, it would have been an hour. I don't want someone else to. I got him. If you had waited till the end of the podcast, it wouldn't have been me, but you wouldn't have got him. Right. And so. no, there's nothing to stop me from picking up during the podcast. So I yeah. guess I could have waited a little bit and not raced. But uh, his, his strikeout rate in AAA is really no better this season. Like not yeah. much different than it was the previous two seasons. So that's always been the biggest concern with him is the strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the walk rates, like, yeah, it's not much different either. Um, he hits a lot of home. He's like, he's great in AAA. He's really good. So yeah, Salt yeah, Lake City is a great place to be great. Yeah. This is the too. third year in a row in AAA with an OPS over 900. Um, yeah. He's really good in AAA. We'll see if it translates, but, but he does have pop and he does, and he can steal the odd base. So in a 15 team league, he's a no brainer to add, but in a 12, yeah, I would add him. There's probably someone kind of lame on your bench that you could cut. Yeah, probably so. The uh, waiver wire right now is really like i don't know like how you found because you weren't on with well you were on but you weren't on with scott on sunday night um i felt like you and rob didn't even talk that much about the waiver wire and i think there's a reason for that the waiver wire on sunday was really boring it was probably the weakest 
pro, uh, list of players available than I that I've seen. And yeah. the top player, just Jordan Westberg, got hurt. Yeah, uh, and on, right on top of that there. So even worse. Uh, I don't know how serious he is because I didn't get him, so I haven't been tracking too close there. But in fact, let's bring up Jordan Westberg right now. Let's talk about him because you know. What you know, I, I didn't spend a lot of time on him. In fact, he actually played today, so he's fine. He hurt his hand, hit, he got hit by a pitch. You know, he had a 679 OPS in his first, whatever, 22 plate yeah. appearances. That's nothing. Uh, but what type of player is Jordan Westberg, anyhow? Was he worth the big investment? Uh, and obviously, he, his investment wasn't big in part because he wasn't that, that, that player, and also because we didn't have as much money left. That's right. Yeah. I, I don't think like when we talked last week, I think our stance was kind of, he's an automatic pickup in a 15, but not someone who you go high for. Mm -hmm. And in a 12, it just depends whether you needed a middle infielder or not. Um, and I, I don't think anything's moved me off that stance. In fact, maybe I've even moved down on that a bit just yeah. because like, he didn't get, he hasn't gone off to a bad start, two strikeouts, two walks. It's fine. And like, like you said, like 679 OPS isn't good. It's not horrendous though. We're embarrassing. So um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm still at with him. Uh, this week's I did bid on him in most leagues. Um, but I did have teams this week where the fab options were so bad that I, I didn't really bid on anyone. And it wasn't for lack of looking or lack of consideration. I just liked what I had on my roster better. And there are other leagues where my highest bid was like $2. Right. I just right. didn't see anyone who I felt like was worth you know, much of a bid. So I only had one league where I had a decent amount of change and the desire to add them. Um, and I bid about 55 and didn't okay. get them. And I was, you didn't okay get them. Wow. I thought that would get them. Uh, well, in some leagues it would have. Yeah. But then that one, he went for like 120. Oh, but, wow. You know, most other leagues, like I, you know, a lot of the pickups this year have been middle infielders. You know, yep. Ellie, of course. Yep. Uh, Matt McClain has been another one that's been really good to pick up. Uh, you know, I, I and I've, 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 and some of those leagues I've actually had strength there to begin with too. It's not like I would, you know, if I had to try to, you know, if I, I would have replaced Tim Anderson with him. Um, I'm done with him. I, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I get, if I get the next Jordan Westberg or some sort of equivalent of a prospect, I'm not going to let Anderson stay in the way of getting, adding him. Let's just put it that, that way. Mm -hmm. Um, referring to, uh, other pickups, we we're talking about Joe Adele. Uncle Ted says, give me, uh, Oscar Colas over uh, Adele. And I was going to talk about Colas. He got called up today. Uh, I think he's batting second. Uh, and, um, this is the second go around. I know that uh, with the White Sox, he's going to be in right field. I mean, they're going to have to figure it out a little bit, but I think the Gavin Sheets experience has run its course. So we might start to see, you know, a little bit, a little bit of a situation there where we, we, uh, we might we might get a chance there to see a little bit more of Colos. So to see see the White Sox start to play their younger players. Yeah, which is disappointing for this guy because I put Gavin Sheets in my Tout Wars lineup this week. I oh, was no. annoyed. And you know who I put him in over? Nick Senzel. And what did Nick Senzel oh, do this afternoon? Just hit a three run homer today. Yeah, <sighs> but he doesn't. Senzel doesn't play every day, so in he fact, doesn't. He, and they had some right handers. The White Sox on their schedule, and Sheets can hit righties. We'll see. Maybe Sheets will still come through for me this week, but. Yeah, I had seen this news before roster set and tote yesterday. Anyways, so like you said, Uncle Ted said, give him Colas over Adele. I will say that Adele has been much better than, well, better than Colas in the minors this year. Like mm -hmm. better as far as uh, hitting more home runs, stealing, like hitting, sorry, hitting home runs at a higher rate because they've played different amount of games. Stealing bases at a higher rate. You know, Colas strikes out a little bit less often, but he walks a lot less. Um, 
Yeah, I, that's a debate for sure. I'd say people would, most people would take Colas over Adele for the simple fact that Colas hasn't burned them as much as Adele has. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear like you. People are that. just giving up on Adele. They're like, oh, yawn. Here comes Joe Adele again. Oh, I've been shot. I've been guilty of that a little bit there. Uh, yeah. You know, I think he, you know, crushing in Salt Lake City is the new big in Japan. You know, it, it's one of those where, okay, yeah, great. He's doing Salt Lake City. What does that even mean? But I will say there's been growth with Adele. He, his strikeout rate was 31% last year. It's 26 this year. It's not great, but it's it's improvement. And yeah. we want to see that. So I guess I think Adele can be serviceable, but he is going to hurt your batting average. Probably yep. he could, yep. hit, he could also hit you 20 power. He, he's capable of hitting 20 homers over the second half. Probably won't probably won't play enough to do, to do that, but he's got that sort of power. Yep. Absolutely. So comparing the two Colossus is maybe more likely to hit for average. Mm-hmm. Um, probably is uh, Adele's more likely to hit, to give you a few steals and, maybe a little their power probably is pretty similar maybe adele's a little more likely to hit for power i would say yeah at this so. at this stage in the game maybe so um you know we, we've been, we opened with a big injury item in anaheim there's another one in san francisco unfortunately tyro estrada got hit by a pitch sunday night he's got a fractured left hand um that's a long-term thing it's got to be i mean just uh, maybe the location and the severity of the fracture uh, matter a little bit but this is pretty bad news and then that made me think about whether he's a drop. I don't have a timeline on him yet, but I bet it'll be similar to Trout's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say Estrada, I mentioned you in our notes that Estrada is interesting to me in the sense that um, I kind of liked him during draft season. I have him on some teams. There were people who were definitely not interested in him, who felt like he could not sustain. There was the, he can't sustain what he did last year. There's the never Gabe Kapler. He's going <laughs> to, right? He's going right. to be platooned all the time. And I was kind of I don't know. He like he played a like a decent amount last year and seemed to do fine. Like I, I think he'll open this season playing a fair amount, and he has, and he's played well. He's played a little bit better than last year. Actually, um, was on pace for you know about fifteen to twenty home runs and about thirty five steals. It's a, it's a really nice season. So it's going to be interrupted. Whether you hold a strata or not, I think just depends on your steals race. Yeah, I think so. And he's not special anywhere else. He scores his fair share of runs, but he's not special anywhere else to hold. So it just depends if he needs deals or not. Yeah, I, I want to wait to see that timeline. Uh, and yeah. chances are you'll probably have until the end of the week to make that decision. Uh, but we're probably if it's four weeks, then I'm holding. If it's eight weeks, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so who steps in in San Francisco? I mean, I think that's the other uh, tricky aspect of this here. Uh, I see Brett Wisely and Casey Schmidt as your top options there as a platoon. Uh, neither really do a whole lot. Maybe Wilmer Flores plays some second base. You know, Flores has been playing mostly first when he does play. I mean, wisely was, you know, he's doing well in triple a this year, uh, had, had a good run, but you know, it's triple a it's the Pacific coast league. I mean, it doesn't really do you usually do that much for me. Um, he wisely is a guy that, you know, doesn't have a lot of draft pedigree, but you know, doesn't, isn't on our top prospect list. So not, not someone that I'm excited about. Yeah, my first thought was that it would be Schmidt. Um, he started at second base and bat and hit ninth yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see Flores get a little more run during this time. Like he typically, when the Giants play him, they, he typically hits okay. You know, like sure, he's got a, he's got a 772 OPS this year. Like that would look nice in their lineup. That's basically a, it's a little higher, but basically the same as Estrada. So he doesn't steal bases, but 
you know, he hits at a similar amount, but I know he's not necessarily the fielder that some of those other players are. So they'll probably have to balance that out, but I could see him getting a few starts. He hasn't played second much this year. Right. He did play 61 games there last year. He's not fast. No, he's no. not a stolen base threat at all. Probably no. doesn't have a whole lot of range. So defense might be still something that holds Flores back just yeah. a little bit there. Unfortunately yeah. there. Um, the San Diego Padres have made a move. Uh, just, I think they just happened. Uh, they designated Nelson Cruz for assignment. Mm. There's a little bit of a, little bit of a surprise, but then you look at the numbers that he's, he's putting up and yeek, not great. And it, and it just, it's a problem that the Padres have had it from the bottom part of their lineup all year long. 245, 283, 399. I mean, there's some power, but the on base is a killer. 46 Ks, only six walks. He used to be a guy that would draw a lot of walks. Yeah. That seems to be going. I mean, he's he's 42. I mean, it's yeah. time did eventually catch up to him. Great run in his season. He actually just turned 43. So happy birthday. Yeah. Here's your walking <laughs> papers. Yeah, they didn't cut him off. Born on Canada Day. Um, so a true patriot. Yeah. Uh, Nelson Cruz. Uh, so yeah, they didn't cut him on his birthday a sub 700 OPS two years in a row when you don't play in the field um, you can't have that happen when you're a power yeah. hitter who's supposed to get on basic you can't have that happen I mean really I felt like he was in there to hit lefties well this is probably what got him like he was in there to hit lefties well he's got a 666 OPS against lefties this season he's actually been worse against lefties which is the majority of his plate appearances so he, he couldn't hit lefties that's what they had him there for mm-hmm. I'm sure they looked around the front office and said like we can't carry a 43 year old last week we could carry a 42 year old this week we can't carry a 43 year old <laughs> <laughs> you know like well last week he was only 42 this week now now come on guys 43 so yeah, can't carry pushing it now yeah exactly so can't carry a 43 year old but no seriously you, you can't carry a veteran who can't play the field especially the way baseball's trended and there's been a lot of articles about how baseball's trended a little more towards athleticism and versatility and things like that um if you're going to be a pure designated hitter you better be able to hit yeah I think exactly he's played his, i think he's played his last game yeah i think you're right about that um yeah, I have a soft spot for him. Uh, some of my better teams won me some leagues in the past. You know, he's always always was a bargain, mm-hmm. but you know, last couple of years have been pretty pretty rough uh, for him. Padres, I mean, they they won they won last. They play last. Night. Yeah, they beat the Angels. They they thumped the Angels actually mm-hmm. last night. That yeah, there was the Trout when Trout got hurt in that game, but yeah. um, they lost two out of three to our Reds uh, over the weekend. And I know it's not your Reds, but I still like to say our Reds because Scott has adopted. We're all on the bandwagon. Yes, we are. Um, Including, uh, you know, getting, you know, rallying the tie in the eighth against the Reds and then giving up right in the bottom of the eighth just felt very on brand for the Padres uh, for the type of season that they're having. Absolutely. The Padres and the Mets, those are the two teams that just went, I mean, my Blue Jays are, are disappointing right now a little bit, but the Padres and the Mets are two teams that just went so aggressively after winning right now, have mm-hmm. all these big names and not just big names that like, like the Jays have some big names who have come up through the system. These teams have big names who they've acquired Padres bring in Xander Bogarts and bring in Soto last year. And it's just not working right now. No, not at all. Uh, I, I, I will throw in the Cardinals in that pile. And yep. I think the White Sox, to a lesser extent, although they didn't really try as hard, but they're expected to be decent and just aren't. Uh, but yeah, I mean the Cardinals. I mean, they're, Adam Wainwright got crushed again today. They just yeah. got Marlins just went ahead ten nothing in that game today. Um, wow, uh, Adam Wainwright. I mean, he. I, I made this t- uh, c- comment about Adam, about Luke Weaver, and then Weaver pitched well against the Nats yesterday. But 
kind of well at least. And I kept on asking, like, how long can the Reds keep doing this with we uh, with Weaver? The Cardinals, how long can they keep doing this with Adam Wainwright? What a great career! And I know he's a great human being. Everybody loves him. How how long can they afford to keep rolling him out? I mean, they're going to about to fall to 15 games below 500. They're they're 35 and 49 coming in this game. Only the Nationals and the Rockies are worse than the National League. Think about that. I mean that, that yeah. They are the 13th team in the National League right now and they're expected to walk all over the National League Central. I and I know, you know, they still aren't dead in the NL Central, but even the NL Central starting no. to pick up with the Reds and Brewers playing well. Yeah, they're Start, pretty I think they're pretty dead. Yeah. And I, I think only Marmol is going to be gone at some point in time. I got to think that uh yeah, th- there's just got to be something that's got to give with this team. Yeah, I think they're done. I think to answer your question, you said how much longer can they keep rolling Wayne right out there? Well, if you want to try to catch up and make the playoffs, he shouldn't make any more starts. But yeah. but if you're giving up, then you could start him for the rest of the season and just have him stink. And at least he doesn't have to end his career in the bullpen. And you start him for the rest of the season and he finishes the year with a five ERA and he retires. And yeah. And it's ugly, but at least he starts. He probably would have the odds quality start in there where maybe he gets some bad at ball luck or something, but you know, his, he can't strike anyone out anymore. Uh, he, he, like he's done and the Cardinal, and I, but I do think the Cardinals are done. Like, I think it's time for the Cardinals to evaluate themselves as sellers and they can regroup quickly. I don't think they have to be done as in they trade it all away and go into a three-year rebuild, especially in that division. But I think they're done. I think it's time to figure out who they want on their roster next year and trade the other players away. And, um, you know, there's nothing else to do with Wainwright. No one's trading for Wainwright, even as a bullpen arm. Yeah. Well, like no th- contender. Like Wainwright's not going to get another shot. He's just going to retire, I think, at the end of this year as a, as a Cardinal. I can't see them cutting him. I think he just, maybe they just keep rolling him out there. Yeah. Uh, does Goldschmidt get moved at the deadline? Joel Hennard asks. I mean, there's a, that, that's a question that I, I, I think, you know, he signed his deal in March of 2019. It was a five year extension. So I don't know if it's like got, got, I have to check to see. I think he's got one more year actually yeah. Uh, after. Yeah. Cause he signed an extension, not a fresh mm-hmm. contract. So it might be through 2024, but still, uh, you know, I, I got to think that, uh, you know, that you trade him now while he's got a little bit of, a little bit more currency. I mean, maybe that, that people are worried about the size of his contract, uh, but at the same time, I mean, man, uh, they have, they have, he would be something that could fetch something at least. Uh, he has signed through 2024. I just confirmed a baseball yeah. reference. So, uh, five years, 130 million in today's baseball. That's not even that bad. No, no, no. And, and he's playing well. I, yeah, I think for the Cardinals, it depends just on answering the question of, you know, what kind of team do you want to be in 2024? If, if you want to be a, a team that's trying to win the division, then you probably keep Goldschmidt because you probably don't get enough for him just with one year left on his contract to make it worth it. If you're okay with maybe at least like a bit of a rebuild, then mm-hmm. I would say then it makes a lot of sense to change to trade him. And I have noticed like there are teams out there who could take a first baseman, especially with the DH spot open now, not that he would be the DH, but with their ability to move their first baseman to DH. But there are some years where I look at the contending teams and like they're all loaded at first base. Um, you know, when I took a, took a quick trip around some of the contending teams this year, I didn't feel like that was the case. I do feel like there's teams out there who would be interested in, in adding Goldschmidt to their lineup. And, and like I said, don't have a star at first base. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think Jordan Hicks has got to be a trade. 
he's he's someone that will draw some value, draw some interest. I think they got to figure out their outfield, maybe trade one of their 17 outfielders. Um, yep. you know, I don't know if, the, if anyone's going to be banging down the door for Dylan Carlson, but the thing is, every time the Car- Cardinals trade away an outfielder, it becomes a star elsewhere. That's the problem. Randy Rosarena, you know, Adelise Garcia, even Lane Thomas. Yep. Yeah. Has been really good. The Cardinals also have these not very good, but serviceable starting pitchers that maybe some teams, Miles Michaelis, would someone take Steven Matz? Been pretty bad, but he takes, uh, I don't think, I don't know. If no, because of the contract. Yeah. I mean, and, he, and he hasn't even been starting for them recently. I wondered if someone would plug him in as their fifth starter. Probably not. Would someone want Jack Flaherty? I think they'd be better off to keep him and try to rebuild his trade value. I think someone will look at him and say, we can fix him. Maybe. Yeah. I, I could see that. So uh, but but they're going to, it's going to be at a, we can fix them sort of price though, too. That's right. So when you start talking about trading these players away, then you are looking at a rebuild because you're looking at not having a rotation next year. Just when you go into the off season, you know, you're, you're Jordan Montgomery and not much else. Yeah. I mean, I I'm looking at you Cincinnati about looking for league average starting pitchers. That would be pretty handy right now. Right. And they won't cost you as much either. Right. Um, you're not, I don't think you have to trade away in Carnacion strand. You yep. don't have to trade away Noel V Marte to get them. Uh, you're looking for that level of starting pitcher. I mean, that would still be a massive upgrade over what they're rolling out. Um, Absolutely. I mentioned, I mentioned Michaelis, like he, he might not play great in that park, but Michaelis is someone who doesn't walk a lot of batters. He, he's got a 404 FIP this year. Like he's not good, but he's okay. He had a 329 ERA last year and threw 200 innings. Like yeah, like he's that would someone be useful. Who, yeah, absolutely. If you're in a really tight race, like he's someone who could help that team get you know just a, that one or two extra wins. And pr- like I said, probably wouldn't cost a ton on the trade market. But but I mean, he hasn't been good this year, so I do have to to say that he's he's an innings eater. Yeah, he is an Indian leader for sure about that. Hey, I know you wanted to spend some time talking about the Tigers. We're going to do that. But before we do that, quick note from our sponsors. Uh, We've got a new sponsor, the Home Run Index. Uh, We'll talk about them real quick here. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There's a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have the highest index, 10 for the whole game, average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game, so you can see what it'll be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game, as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com right now to sign up. That's homerunforecast.com. Also, we're on the Blue Wire Network. We're thrilled to be there. Here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Thank you for your indulgence. Uh, let's talk a little Tigres. We spent a lot of time with our Reds and what a feel-good story they are and what a miracle they are. Could the tight you you suggest maybe the Tigers could be another miracle too? Well, I mean, a different kind of miracle. And but okay, when you look at the standings, the AL Central, like we talked about how bad the NL Central is. The AL Central is so much worse. Oh yeah, like it's like For twenty sure. wins as a division behind the NL Central. It makes the NL Central look like the AL East. Like the NL the AL Central is so bad. Like the Twins are winning it with a, exactly a five hundred record. Yeah. Going into today, there's no team in the central with a winning record in their last 10 games. So no one's even on fire. You've got a twins team that can pitch at least starting pitch, but no, I say they can pitch, but their lineup is like, meh, not very good. You've got a Cleveland team that can pitch, but when you look at their lineup, like it was supposed to be pretty good. It's been awful. Um, every team in the AL central is bottom nine in baseball going into today in team OPS, every single team. So the Tigers offense sucks, but so does the rest of the division. They're getting Tarek Skubal back today. Mm -hmm. They're getting Eduardo Rodriguez, who was pitching lights out. They're getting him back tomorrow. And he was even looking on his rehab assignment. So he seems like, you know, he's got potential. Um, Michael Lorenzen's been okay for them this year. All-star Michael Lorenzen. Let's put some respect (laughs) on that name. Yeah. So I guess, I I guess now saying he's been okay this year is a bit of an insult, but um Resource and I think 428 ERA. He's been okay. That ERA was in the threes before his Coors Field start last week. I'll give him that at least. It was still in the threes before he started at Coors last week. So, but either way, Reese Olsen is showing like a little bit of something Mm -hmm. if they need him. Matt Manning hasn't been a complete, you know, sink. He's been not good, but not he. He's kind of what you're picturing for the Reds. Like he's eating some innings. Um, anyways, and they're getting Riley green back probably right after the all-star break. He's headed out on a rehab assignment. Check for him on your waiver wire. If, if you're interested, if you could use an outfielder, I don't think that this lineup can be good enough to make the playoffs, but they're four and a half games out of a division that basically, it seems like no one really, it's just wide open. No one wants to win it. It's there for the taking. Yeah. It would be, I guess, would that be, Going into, I was trying to think going into the season, would the Tigers winning the division be even more of a surprise than the Reds winning their division? Actually, I don't think it would be. The Reds, I think, are such a surprise. But when you they see are. this Reds thing in action, it actually makes some sense. Just some of these prospects have really hit the ground running. Yeah. So it, it kind of makes some sense. Like you look at the Reds lineup now, and you're and right, and you're like, oh, that's a pretty good lineup. So it makes sense. The Tigers, oh, this would be like an all-time bad playoff team. Yeah, it would be. It would be. But it's possible. They're getting back, like getting back Scooball and Rodriguez is a lot. Like that's that's two pitchers who could be better than like anyone who gets traded at the deadline. I actually picked up Matt Manning in some leagues. So okay, you're on board. 
Yeah, um, I'm. In a, I think it was pointed out in the chat that you know, look at the teams he's been facing, and it's true, he's been facing some really bad teams. Yeah. So, uh, that that's part of it there. Uh, but uh, absolutely, uh, I, I I think he he's very interesting. Um, I, I was trying to do pull up a screenshot and I couldn't do it right, so I'm not going to do that. But uh, basically, the Tigers depth chart. If you go to their depth chart page, look at their starting pitchers, and it's a sea of red. I mean, you've got Rodriguez is coming off the IL and Scooball is coming off the IL, so that's going to change soon. But Fiedo is there. Olsen's day-to-day. Turnbull, 60-day IL. Mize, still 60-day IL. Matthew Boyd, unfortunately, 60-day IL. And these are all the starters. There's even four injured uh, relievers as well, uh, three of them long-term. And the, uh, you know, it's just they're doing this with duct tape. It's, it's really amazing to see. I mean, and granted, when we're saying amazing to see, <laughs> yeah. they're still like, what, set, not, seven games under 500? Yeah. When we say they're doing this, what we nine mean games is, under five. What we're what we're saying is what, they're not the Royals. That's what we're basically saying they're doing. They're they're yeah. not being completely horrible. Better than the White Sox, though. I mean, that's something. Now, almost, the one thing I'll say about the Tigers: if they were to just cheaply add at the deadline, they have so many bad spots in their lineup that adding like any major league average players would mm-hmm. like help them. Like like Jonathan Scope is their third baseman. He's yeah. hitting 209. He doesn't walk. Like getting anyone to be their new third baseman who's just a major league well, average third baseman would make that lineup so much better. What if I told you that their top prospect, Fred, is a third baseman and Maybe. he just recently got promoted to triple A? Guy by the name of Colt Keith. He's Maybe our number 25 bring him, prospect. Bring him up in August, do the old management thing where you're like, hey, we just made our deadline acquisition. The Jays have tried yes. to pass one on us before yeah. here in Toronto. We don't trade for anyone at the deadline. Then we bring up a prospect and we're like, he is our acquisition. Yes, yes. The Calm time down, fans. Yeah. So, anyways, Spencer Torkelson's shown some signs of life. Mm-hmm. Back Again. He's been an okay leadoff hitter against righties. I don't know. I, I, it probably won't work. It's, but, but nobody else is taking control of that division. No, you're right. You're yeah. right. And the Twins, every time we think they're going to, they lose another player. I mean, some of it's not their fault. They've been very snake bit, but you know, injuries yeah. happen, but they've been yeah. especially snake bit, it feels like. Uh, I would, I was going to say, I would say that the Twins to me, Cleveland is the least vulnerable. If I was looking at a team that I think can just plow along at 500, it might be Cleveland because the, twins like they've had pretty good health in their rotation and they still can't really get over 500 like like joe ryan's been great sunny gray's been great and you know pablo lopez has been fine and bailey ober's been solid and like like they've been been fine and they still the lineup isn't good they still can't really get going the only thing i'll say about cleveland is they have so many pitchers that they could actually withstand an injury or two well they have right yeah and like we did, like people have debated, should Cal Quantrill even be in their rotation because they have better pitching that's not in their rotation right now, probably better pitchers than him. So they probably, they got more bad news on Tristan McKenzie, which it kind of stinks, but he might be back at some point this season. We'll see. Um, I don't know. And, and I did think the tie the, sorry, that Cleveland's lineup was going to be okay. And it's been really, really bad. So maybe yeah. it still has the potential to be okay at some point, but to me, Cleveland, I think maybe is in the best position to win the division because that pitching depth 
even beyond their starting five. But um, it would be a fun September if this, these terrible tigers were still hanging around in the race. Yeah, I think so too. I love. Uh, I loved when you said, you know, what they're doing or something to that effect. They're if doing, they this, doing yeah. that. They're doing this now. No, they are playing at a level where they, if they were in probably any other division, we would have already written them off. Yeah, their offense is pretty pathetic. Yeah, everything exactly. I said about them, I could say to the White Sox. The White Sox are just not a fun story at all because if the White Sox get their act together and win the division, I think you'll just be like, yeah, well, obviously, like they should have been better all along. Yeah. Well, and the and the White Sox are just not fun to watch. They make like, stupid mistakes all the time. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah. I mean, I and I love their announcing pair. I love uh, you know, I, I love I love Steve Stone. Um, and then um, God, I always get his you know, uh, the play by play guy. He also does a lot of stuff for ESPN. He's excellent. Um, and I, yet I'm forgetting his name because I'm just really a bad <laughs> human being. But um, anywho, I, I agree with you that they are not fun. No. At all. And Tim Anderson's been abysmal. Oh, Andrew, Benatendi has, Andrew Benatendi has one home run. Everybody first could have first guessed the Benintendi is a bus signing, though. When that's your big four-year contract that you signed this yeah. offseason, whatever. I mean, yeah. Benintendi. I, I mean, I, he, he hasn't even been that bad for Andrew Benintendi. Like, he has a 720 OPS. That's actually not far off, you know, what he usually does. So he hasn't even been a total disaster. It's just like absolutely like it's just grinding his way of hitting singles you know on the odd double on his way to you know a 280 batting average Mm -hmm. a 700 ops it's just not fun and even their starters i don't even i don't know like lance lynn is just one frustration after another i don't find them i don't even find them fun dylan cease hasn't been awesome this year which a lot of people called by the way jason benetti it was driving me nuts i couldn't remember his name jason benetti he's great phenomenal broadcaster love him um luis robert's fun he is fun very fun yeah could be fun yeah um andrew vaughn has just been okay eh. yeah okay great anderson's been brutal uh yon moncada is either hurt or bad you know i just Lance Lynn is we've celebrated Lance Lynn day many a time yeah. uh, here and not only as a, an imposing hitter there, there was the 16 strikeout game, which was just kind of weird. But uh, um, anyways, uh, just not a fun team to watch. Just, so, uh, and they yeah, make all these mistakes and mental errors. Yes. And, ugh. So if they got their act together and squeaked out like a 84 win season and squeaked out the division, I think you'd just be like, Meh. like, Oh, fine. You guys finally got out of your own way for a little while. Whereas if the Tigers did it, it would, it would come with some some real enthusiasm. Yep, exactly. So, like what's happening with the Reds, except not to the same degree. Like the Reds are on a real heater. I don't think the Tigers can even get on that heater. Probably not. And and wouldn't have maybe the fun offensive players like Ellie De La Cruz had four more hits, I believe, today. Yes, he did. As did Spencer Steer. Jonathan India hit two homers. The Reds stole like five bases. He got caught twice too, but like Fraley came in as a pinch hitter and stole two bases late in the game. So you, you were like, ah, oh, he's not starting against Patrick Corbin. Cause he's a lefty. Oh, so frustrating. Still got two stolen bases in the game. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, we're, you know, bringing up the white Sox. So, you know, we're getting close to the trade deadline. Um, should G I think we'll see Giolito go. I think he's a free agent at the end of the year. Eloy could probably maybe be traded, although his contract might make it harder, but, uh, you know, and you know, I, I do think that they're a team that's one, maybe one of the more interesting sellers out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Lance Lynn is another one. Like he's been awful, but his 
the advanced stats do show he should be a little better than he's been. He still strikes out a lot of batters. So yeah. would some teams say, you know what, this guy has a long track record of success. He's really good for the past few years going into this year. Um, he was someone who's considered quite reliable. He still takes the ball every fifth turn. We think we can unlock something in him. Like he could be traded as well. Yeah. And maybe they be. just start over from this kind of blah group. Yeah. I don't know. You got to start over from the blah owner in the first place. Yeah. So Reinsdorf is right at the top is, yeah. you know, head of the snake. He's the problem. Yeah. There's just no, I don't know. There's just no energy in this group and bring out, bring Elvis Andrus back and expecting him to do what he did last year. Like you could see that coming a mile away. That was never going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Like you said, Ben and in Mike Clevenger, that guy, like I could say some bad things about him. Like he's not a good pitcher. He doesn't seem to be a good guy. Yeah. Another one they brought in. He didn't really, it wasn't terrible for it. It was on brand. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's it. He was on brand. He was Mike Clevenger. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get happy again. Let's start Agreed. talking pitchers. Yeah. Blake Snell, a good story lately. Yeah. He, like, he is on fire right now. Um, you know, as hot as any pitcher in baseball, some of the advanced stats do say that he's been a little too hot, which, but that's okay. Like nobody's going to go start after start giving up one run, zero runs, you know, one run, zero runs, couple runs every once in a while, but double digit strikeouts in four of his last five, he didn't get there last night, but that's okay. Base runners were back up a bit last night, 11 of them in five innings against the angels, but it was a lopsided win. You know, maybe he was just kind of working with what he had uh, just to get his team through to the finish line. So, yeah, he's as hot as about any starter. His strand rate is high right now. If if I was writing a sell high trade type article, which I do once a week, but I'm not really going in that direction on this week's article, he might be one of my sell highs mm-hmm. um, just because he's been on such a run right now. And we've seen Blake Snell go up and down. Um, but good for those who, who went with Blake Snell this year as a bounce back because right now it's happening. It is. It, yeah. it really is. So... And I mean, I guess I shouldn't call him a bounce back because his numbers aren't that much different really than last year. It's just... He's just on a great run right now. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is. Yeah. Other guy that's been on a great run lately is Brian Wu for the uh, yeah. Mariners. Um, really pitched well the other day uh, against the G- I, last night, I think, last against night, the yeah. Giants. Yep. Uh, really looking, you know, he had that horrific debut against the Rangers. Yep. And then after that, he, he just, he's been dominating. He's getting strikeouts. Um, just yeah, he's he's yep. pitching pitching really well. Held his own against Logan Webb, and then the Mariners rallied late in that one. Camilo Duval had a bad one, but uh, you know who's got that cutter, and it's it's looking really good. Uh, you know he he dominates righties. If he can just do better against lefties, look out. Oh yeah, absolutely. He and what I've been kind of promoting Wu in some of the Yahoo articles recently because he's not getting picked up in those shallower leagues, and he should. Um, his strikeout to walk rate is just so good. And, you know, and he's not giving up a lot of home runs, even in that terrible debut against Texas, no homers, only one walk. Mm-hmm. Like he struck out four in two innings. You know, he just, he had a, maybe just some bad, bad at ball luck with the seven hits allowed. But even in that really bad start, it's not like Texas took him deep three times or he walked four batters or something like that in two innings. So, um, yeah, he's been like really good the last few starts. Like, I can't believe how under-owned he is in some of the, like, he's obviously fully owned in all the leagues we play in and the NFBC leagues and everything. But I think he could be really good the rest of the way. And I can't believe to the degree to which he's not getting picked up on some of the popular sites. 
Yeah, I, I, I can too. Uh, Heart Foundation saying they're talking about shutting down Wu, but I can't find a link on that one. So uh, if you get a you got a, a link on that one, let me check that out. Uh, I'd love to see it uh, to kind of d- to delve into that a little bit more. Like if they're fully shutting them down, that would be that would be wild. It would have to be an break, injury or something. But uh, so I don't yeah, think if they're that... more talking about skipping a couple starts to have them throw on the side, whatever limited his innings. But fully shutting them down, yeah, that would be news to me as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, so flip. I'm going to say in the chat room, please post the link here uh, if you've got it there. But uh, I'd love to love to read more on that article there. Um, but anyways, I, I think he's a pickup. Yeah, uh, hopefully I'm not wrong about that one there. Uh, Mitch Keller, um, been a great story. An all-star, quietly, not so great lately. Yeah, the last few starts, he's kind of gone back to, you know, it's that old, like a good start to the season can can hide a, you know, a poor summer or poor finish and, and vice versa. It takes a long time to work off a good start. So, yeah, I mean, he had uh, his ERA was in the mid twos around the end of May. It's in the mid threes now. Um, I put in our, our notes. You probably have them in front of you right now, Jeff. What was his, his my stat I gave you when I was just pulling it up right now on his last few starts? Last eight starts, yeah. 494 ERA and a 135 whip. Pretty Mitch Keller like yeah. in those eight um, starts. Like That's yeah, kind of the Mitch Keller thing. That's kind of the Mitch Keller we saw before this year, right? Whips in the one fours and things like that. Um, you know, ERAs in the fours. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe are we too soon to anoint Mitch Keller as just a, a reliable? I was there. Like I think most people were there. He had he had a stretch in late April into May where his strikeouts went ten, eight, eight, thirteen, eight, eight, eight. That is amazing. Yeah. And since he, then the strikeouts are okay, but since he's then, had like, one bad strikeout start basically. Where yeah, but a couple one. of five, like it's not quite what it was. More walks again recently. He had a, he had a few games where he's just, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, how, he's just. How did you draw the eight starts? Did you just go from his low point and then kind of went from there? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, so it's yeah, a I think little I started with May 26th. And, yeah. Um, I know I'm, cher- and again, like I know what it's like to cherry pick end dates and, and things like that for sure. But, but eight starts is a decent amount where you could work off a bad start, except you yeah. can't work it off because he had four other bad starts. No, I agree. At least he's not giving up like a slew of long balls. I think in that. He, yep. Yep. Six homers and eight starts. So not terrible. No, yeah. it's fine. 15 yeah. walks. So a couple walks a start. Not, mm-hmm. not bad. Not terrible. Yeah. yeah not straight up for inning. Babbitt yeah. was 321 in those starts, which isn't like great. Like, isn't like, it's not super unlucky, but it, it's probably trends towards a little on un- it trends towards a little unlucky. So maybe he's fine, but I just, I, I bet out there, there are a lot of owners. I would be one of them if I had Mitch Keller who are just leaving him in their lineup and mm-hmm. not even thinking twice about him figuring this guy's good. Like look at his season long numbers. I-, I can't, I can't even consider taking him out. And at 15, you couldn't, but in a 12, the wrong matchup. I don't know. Maybe uh, at least- I, I, even in that stretch though, like yeah. you look at the, like, so he gave up four runs, four runs, five or five runs, four earned against the Dodgers, but only one run in the previous start against the Padres. Only yeah. one run against the yeah. Marlins. So there's been brilliance mixed in yeah. with those. Absolutely. I I think he's still a start, except for in extreme circumstances, right. start a guy still because who you have that's better. I think that's, that's the right. other thing that's uh, taken away. Even in a twelve, I don't think you're gonna. I don't think they're readily findable. No, you're probably right about that for sure. And his schedule in that eight starts wasn't hard um and there's not eve also not really much rhyme or reason to it so it's not yeah. like you can hit a bad start against the a's so he had a bad start in san fran in milwaukee 
like mm-hmm. those are teams that like like Milwaukee's not an easy place to pitch, but it's not a that's not a tough lineup this year really. Milwaukee's like totally feast or famine though. Remember they like laid it on the Brewers like earlier in the season. They've done yeah. that every once in a while. They just explode. Yeah. And then other times where they're really really bad and they like mm-hmm. they they strike out a bunch on the road and all that against mm-hmm. lefties, etc. So it's hard to kind of get a really good feel. Mm-hmm. Uh rate stat wise and it's a uh, it, I think in baseball too. It's just it's kind of harder right now. Um mm-hmm. looking at like season averages uh you can kind of go year to year. Currently, runs per game is 4.58 this year. Uh, it was 4.28 last year. Home run rate's a little bit up. Uh, K rate is actually slightly up because it, it does rise every year. And this is the second year we've had the no DH. So I think, I mean, the no pitcher hitting. So that's why you're starting to see that. That's right. It took a drop last year and it's starting to climb again. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's still hard to hit in baseball, but it's not quite as hard this year. I feel like there's been more damage this year. So anyhow, um, I think, you know, <laughs> you, you froze there for a I second. I did. I froze on you, but now I'm back. Yeah. I, I, you're, you're like, I'm, I don't believe your rate stats. Forget that. <laughs> no. Your mid-rate stats. I was enjoying your rate stats. I actually thought that runs would be up a little bit more than you said. I think they're up 0.3 of a run a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we, you asked me to guess, I would have guessed. I would have guessed it a little bit higher. Yeah. I hear you on that one there. Uh, let's talk relievers. Um, good, happy fun time again, Evan Phillips. You know, he was a guy that we didn't know was going to get the uh, the job and we still don't have a, he's not like the full time closer, but he's been good. He's been very good. Yeah. This is, I was kicking myself this morning for not getting more shares. Cause I, I kind of had Phillips ranked highly when I put out my first set of projections and right. rankings. And then the industry got to me a little bit on this guy. Yeah, I'm too. blaming everyone else where just no one was really believing him and in him as the closer. And I was like, yeah, you guys are probably right. You're not you personally, Jeff, but you guys are probably right. And I kind of backed off. I don't have many shares. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's kind of gone how I thought where he's not the closer, but he's a guy who closes enough that he'll probably finish the season with 20 saves. Yeah, he's at twelve right now. Yeah. After getting one last night. So unless they go, unless they acquire like a surefire closer at the deadline, he probably gets the twenty saves and maybe he gets twenty five. But the thing is, you're not getting like the benefit of the bargain. Like you, if okay, he doesn't get as many saves, you should get some wins, right? That that's not the case. He's got one win on the year. Also, it's, I guess it kind of speaks to how bad some other parts of the bullpen have been that it can't games can't get to him. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, and those can go in bunches. Like he could still end the season with kind of four or something, which is pretty typical for a reliever. Um, when I projected him out in the off season, because he's a good pitcher and like right now he's got a 185 ERA and a 0.76 whip and, uh, you know, a solid strikeout rate, not, not a crazy strikeout rate for a reliever. Um, but he kind of came out as someone where if he gets say four wins and 15 to 20 saves, he's pretty valuable. And I think that's where we're trending with him. And, and I don't know if the Dodgers are going to go out and get a full-fledged closer. They might, right. but I don't know if they will. Get a, they might just get a couple more arms to add to the bullpen to mix and match with him. Yeah. Why, uh, can't he, why can't he just be their closer for the rest of the season? He could be. Could be. Like, could he's be. certainly pitching. They're not, when they go out and, if they went out and got a closer, that person's not going to be pitching any better than Evan Phillips has this year. No, I tend to agree with you on that yeah. one there. Um, but it, it add length to their bullpen. They may yeah. just choose to say, okay, we can now use w- Phillips how we want, which is anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that that could be frustrating too. So it you know, at it'll 
I feel like it, no matter, unless they add like a lefty specialist, I feel like that, you know, whoever they add is going to make things more confusing, make things more difficult. Maybe. Yeah. When I do look at the closers who have a lot of saves this year, I don't think any of them are getting traded. Like most of them are on teams that are going to compete through the deadline. Like would Josh, would Josh Hader get traded? I doubt it. Good. It's happened. It's, it's happened yeah, before. It happened. It, it um, happened. um I don't, I don't think know. the Brewers I, are going to trade Devin Williams. I see that in the chat. Um, I don't think the Brewers think are a seller at all. I think that they're, no. you know, I mean, they're playing good ball right now too. As, as good as for them. Yeah. The thing is our Reds have been playing very well, but so are the Brewers. Brewers are actually better in the last 10 than the Reds. Um, yeah. so. There's the David Bednar thing, but only one team can acquire David Bednar. And he's yep. been linked to every team with the winning record. That's right. Basically. So it, maybe he ends up on the Dodgers, but again, there's probably only about a, 10% chance of that happening because everybody could use David Bednar um, yeah. in some capacity in their bullpen. Maybe Boston loses a few and trades Kenley Jansen and he goes back to LA. I don't know. A lot of these guys who have a lot of saves, at least their teams are doing pretty well. So I don't think they're going to the Dodgers. Yeah. Which means uh, they bring in a couple arms, which means those aren't really just a couple guys, which means Phillips keeps his role. Yeah. Maybe, I, I, maybe, maybe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, We'll see, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I, we'll see. Some something will break. You know, I mean, unless the Mets really get going, they could be trading David Robertson. They could. They could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. Does David Robertson go into the Dodgers bullpen and take over as the closer? I don't know if he does. I think he kind of maybe shares it. He's kind of still the same thing. Him and Philip. Maybe him and Philip share it. I could see it. David Robertson's actually been pretty good this year. I give yeah. him credit for that. Like he's been. Like better than a lot of people realize. He did blow a save recently, but he has been better than people probably a lot of people realize. Yeah, One of the better ERAs among pitchers with ten saves or more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Padres and Mets are the teams to watch. See if they how they play in July. Yeah. They'll take this to. I I suspect they'll take this all the way to the end. Yep. I think the Cubs are another team to watch to see what yep. they do. Yeah. They've, they've now lost three in a row. They were playing pretty good ball for a while. Um, mm-hmm. that that's kind of been th- halted in its tracks. They're seven and a half out. They're also seven games under 500, but they're the only team in the NL Central with a positive win differential, a positive run differential still, uh, which is still kind of funny. And the funny thing is the Cardinals, I mean, it's going to change today. They were negative 25 going into today. It's now 15 nothing Mar- uh, Marlin. So oh. they're, they're going to wow. be on the par with the Pirates all of a sudden and maybe not looking so great as, and more in commensurate, commensurate with their record. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is that. Um, all right. Uh, you, you also mentioned uh, Rizel Iglesias. You know, he missed all this time, but the Braves are so good that Iglesias is still going to end up with a ton of saves. He's at 15 now. Yeah, at 15 having not pitched during the first month of the season. So, I mean, if he had pitched during the first month of the season, he, pro- he would be right there with the league leaders mm-hmm. right now. And the Braves are the best team in baseball. Do you agree with that? I think I'd like, agree with that. Like the, Ra- the Rays raced out in front of everyone, then suffered a bunch of pitching injuries. They're still like just behind, just right with the Braves. But I think the Braves are the best team in baseball at this point. Yeah. And probably the best position to be awesome the rest of the way where they just have, they've got a dynamite offense. It could even lose a piece and they'd still be a dynamite offense. They have a relievers are good, like good enough. Rotation's good. They're going to get one guy back. They're going to get, they're going to Kyle Wright, maybe back. Uh, We'll see what version of that they get, but they've shown they'll make, they'll make, little moves at the deadline that make their team more versatile, deeper. Mm-hmm. I just think they're well positioned. And then Iglesias, who's got, you know, a long track record, successful closer. He, I think he put 
his owners when he first came back. He had a couple hiccups, but he hasn't been awesome by any stretch. But he's got 15 saves in two months. Yeah. So, so he could, he should finish the season with 30. If he doesn't get hurt again, he probably gets to 30 saves despite missing the first month of the season. I so if we were doing a draft on like okay I'm a, we're gonna we can draft like five teams apiece to be the uh, to be the World Series champion Braves would go off the board first no matter who yeah you know, yep. I think we agree with that who's number two to be the World Series champion um, I'll take I'm debating between two teams right now. I will take Houston. Okay. I was debating between them and the Rangers. Yeah. Tough call. I, I mean, just, they just had a good series with the Rangers there. Yeah. Um, well, I think they took, well, maybe they just split, but, or I thought it was three out of four, but uh, anyhow, they're only three games behind the Rangers now, 47 and 38. They'll get Jordan back. Um, Pitching is the question. When do they get back on the pitching side of things? We know Garcia is not coming back. It looks like Kirkiti might. I'm not sure that's a huge value add, but again, then again, they're trying to, they're filling in with their fifth, fifth starter slot right now with a number of different guys. Um, Christian Javier is a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. Another bad outing yesterday. That's what was making me think about taking Texas. And really, I didn't want, I thought about the Dodgers too. And, Mm -hmm. but just, I don't know. I think you, you didn't think about the Rays. No, I don't know. I feel like one of these teams is going to add more than the Rays at the deadline. Yeah. Like what about the Orioles? Te- as and a it dark might be Texas. Horse. What about the Orioles as a dark horse? Couldn't you <laughs> yeah, see them? Oh, absolutely. Just, they, they've got, they've got uh, all sorts of uh, prospects to trade. Clearly like they're nowhere near the salary cap and uh, not salary cap, but the luxury tax uh, levels there. Now we'll see yeah. if their their chintzy owner will actually spend, but that would be uh, they're an interesting dark horse too, and they got a oh, great I, to, to me the too. AL teams. Forget the AL Central team. To me the 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 five teams that will comprise the AL East, the AL West, and the three wild cards are all like just put them in a hat. Yeah, like they're yeah. probably very very even. But I don't see the Rays really anymore as a head. Of, they just raced out in front in April, yep. and since then they're kind of the same as these other teams and. Well, yeah. they just lost McClanahan. They're down Springs and yeah. Rasmussen for the, yeah. basically for the year. Glasnow hasn't been good. Yeah. Um, they they really that's what they really need to do is they need to go out and get another starter probably. And I know they always kind of like MacGyver it and they they prove yep, us wrong it. every time. But yeah. um, at some point, you figure they got to add. It you know what the Rays need to do is they need to go find a guy on another team who's a reliever with a five ERA and then turn him into a starter with a three ERA and. St- two weeks that's sure. what they do that's robert stevenson do. go pick yeah. him up now that's what the race do yeah yeah um i'm exaggerating it, a bit but that is basically what the race do they find someone else someone off someone else's scrap heap yep. and all of a sudden he's he's got he's doing great in whatever role the race give him yep but anyways do you think did you have a different team that you would take second than the than the astros or the rangers yo you thought about the race i thought about the race yeah, um, I did think about the Dodgers because they do have some real star power in that lineup, mm-hmm. and and the potential to have like in a playoff series, like if if Arias if Arias could get back on track, like they could have some really good, like like Kershaw's good. I don't know, they could have enough pitching, and they could acquire someone. I'm not counting the Dodgers out. I guess that's what I'm saying. I'm also not counting the Giants out. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, rapid fire before we uh, sign off here, a couple of news items. 
Uh, one, Jose Altuve just got scratched, according to wow. it, um, Dave Duncan just uh, posted that in the chat. Um, also, Josh Naylor hurt his wrist yesterday. Yeah. He's out of the lineup today. That's something to watch for, too. That would be a big blow to Cleveland, by the way. He's been, yeah. I mean, it's not like he's Mike Trout, but he's got an 800 OPS and a team that's just thirsting for power. I mean, that that's brutal. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he's not Mike Trout, but this year he hasn't been too far off. But yeah, he's hitting 295 on that team. Like other than Jose Ramirez, mm-hmm. he's probably their most important hitter. There's some other hitters I could maybe label more important because they've been so disappointing. Like they need to get it turned around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Josh Naylor is is hugely important to that team. So hopefully, for their sake, hopefully he uh, this isn't like a lengthy IL spot, especially with Josh Bell not meeting expectations at all that's put it all on Naylor. Like I felt like Bell and Naylor were supposed to be like their four or five, especially against righties, like kind of both be pretty good. But with Bell being so bad, it's kind of all on Naylor. If they lose Naylor and Bell doesn't come around, all of a sudden that lineup really drops off fast. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And they might add Gonzalez. They might add others, but yeah. it's, even if they do, I think it's still lacking lineup there. Uh, yeah. You know, Rosario has been meh. Jimenez has been meh. I think he homered yeah. yesterday, but uh, you know, point being is they're just, just there's not a whole lot to get excited about besides Jose Ramirez. Yeah, uh, and that that makes it really difficult. All right, that's gonna wrap things up for today's chat, guys. I really love seeing all that activity in the chat room. Thanks for spending that's some good. of your holiday with us. We really appreciate it, Fred. Thank you for you know broadcasting from your office. Uh, and we guys, we just we appreciate everyone. Happy, have a happy fourth. Stay safe out there. Um, we don't want to have any Jason Pierre Paul incidents here on our, our watch. So please be careful. Um, and, uh, let's go reds. Uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Take care. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No. Well, now you have, I'm Kat mother of three and founder of ritual the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamins. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.